welcome to Sitcom Sit Down. I'm a John. And so am I. And today we're going to be talking about Everybody Loves Raymond. Indeed. So it was your choice. It was a domestic decision, I It understand. was a domestic decision. We was, uh, yeah, we had it on in the uh, kitchen one morning and my other half said, why don't you do this one next? And I said, yeah. that's not a bad idea. Yeah, and here we are. So here we are. So I hope that you and your other half don't model your relationship on Ray and Deborah. <laughs> No. no. Oh, good. Well, we'll certainly... I'd like yeah. to think I'm a bit more of a modern man than that, John. Yeah, we've had a bit of a chat off air, and that is one of the things that certainly I would like to get into. So, for anybody who doesn't know it, Everybody Loves Raymond, American sitcom, Canned Laughter, created by Phil Rosenthal, and it aired on CBS from 1996 to 2005, with a total of, he's, he's in the 200 club, 210 episodes spanning nine years and nine seasons. That's right, it's good going. And this, it really is, if you've not seen it, it's a sitcom in the real traditional sense. Absolutely, very, very typical like, sort of family situation. Yeah. It's just the premise I found kind of, let's put it this way, I'd have a job selling it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's so unremarkable. Yeah. Um, it's like just a typical sort of family, um, almost a cliched family in the way she, the, the, the homemaker, he's a bit of a male chauvinist pig who doesn't take life seriously, he's a sports writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how kind of, he just wants to do his job, come home, play golf at the weekends or whatever. Mm. And, and it, it, it comes across as like, in a way, he's almost unsympathetic, but yeah. he's likeable because he's funny. Right. Um, with the... Um, his mum, dad, and brother living across the road, who also called, caused his wife yeah. <laughs> stress for various reasons. Um, but apparently, it was it all came about due to him doing five minutes on the Dave Letterman show, mm. where he got picked up. Well, it was Letterman himself that, that yeah, believe, produced it. Yeah. yeah, I think he kind of signed it off at some point. Yeah. You know, so. Ray Romano, am I saying that right? Ray Romano, yeah. yeah. In preparation for this, I listened to an interview um, with him. He seems like a really nice guy. I think yeah. I was just expecting him to be like his character. But he <laughs> yeah. actually seemed quite humble and and, uh, and quite genuine. And he's another one of these who'd been doing the, the New York comedy scene for a long time and didn't really aspire for um, a vehicle for the sitcom, which a lot of them do. But yeah, it yeah. did just sort of happen. Yeah. I think he'd like the idea of having some more money. And he oh, did go on. And he ended course. up with yeah. an awful lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. We just, I think we might have mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts. So he surpassed Kelsey Grammer in the kind of earnings per episode. Absolutely. Um, which, when you say for such a an unremarkable premise, it's very unremarkable. I mean, you know, um, just to do five minutes on Letterman night got production companies, mm. you know, waving checks around and let's base something. You know, mm. I mean, I was on Look North once, but I don't remember anybody <laughs> asking me to. <laughs> For obvious fucking reasons as well. But yeah, um, yeah. Amazing. Well, that would be weird though. He was on there doing his job as a stand-up comedian. What were you on Look North for? I thought it was a movie, that movie. It was a movie I did. Oh, right, sorry. It was, oh. no, it was, I that thought you just meant there was it? like a news story about no, no. you or something. No, <laughs> no. Like no. None of the charges sadly. stuck, John. None of the charges stuck. <laughs> Got caught no, um, I was in an indie indie film that was based oh. in Hull. That was the only... So I was in oh, a right, movie. Okay. Hack at me. And I was in an indie film, yeah. Made so, locally. So that's... Yeah. God, you wrote that then. Ray Romano took your chance. <laughs> Well, this is what, what was Peter Levy doing? There's <laughs> no Dave Letterman, is he? I mean, I, I've caught um, one of the first. I'm, I've got a feeling I've probably hardly ever seen any of the first series of this, you know. 
because it was strange because at the end there was almost or was it the beginning sorry there was a conveyor belt of the cast going behind him and it was kind of his way of introducing everybody yeah, right. and at the end his brother came past saying oh everybody loves Raymond sort yeah. of thing and it was kind of again put it on a plate for everybody yeah that's a line from the pilot isn't it and um, you probably came across this as well that um, that, that Ray Romano himself didn't like that title um, because it was just like well it's just too easy to say everybody hates Raymond or it just kind of yeah. yeah so it's an odd one because not until I watched it I did I don't think I really got it and I, the, the Robert Raymond um, relationship actually is quite funny it's not realistic, I don't think, but no. it's quite it's quite funny. No. Um, by the way, I realise I'm just like this isn't realistic. Whereas in the last episode of our podcast, I was championing bottom, saying bottom's <laughs> great. Um, probably no, there's nothing wrong with bottom. It's yeah. a bad an expression. <sighs> but no, the, the, apparently the everybody loves Raymond stems from again his his real life uh, because again they've just basically based this sitcom like virtually about him because hmm. he's got. Twin girls and a son, and yeah. oh, sorry, twin, twin sons boys, and a yeah. girl. Sorry, yeah. and he's got a brother who's a cop. Right. And apparently, um, I think he won some comedy awards and something. And, and the same day, his brother was getting shot at in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, it was kind of oh, everybody loves Raymond sort of thing. Apparently, it was coined by his brother, um, oh. and it's kind of stuck. So I understand if you believe everything you you read and hear. Yeah, but yeah, it is basically it's it's very much um, about it his situation or his home life and the chief writer Phil Rosenthal very because I think he has three kids and they used to swap stories and it's you know it's very much based mm. on their do- domesticity as it were so. yeah there's a lot of sex pops up or lack of sex pops up in Everybody Loves Raymond because he is like a chauvinist ass oh, of terrible a man who is always yeah. pestering his wife for yeah. sex it was always criticizing her <laughs> Yeah, and she's yeah, she's just painted as this kind of like uh, just a, a woman withholding sex from her husband. And, yeah, and, yeah. Well, not for the first time. I think we brought this up on this podcast. Why are they together? They well, because they love each other. This is this is one thing yeah, I was gonna um, yeah bring up today actually. About, like he's, he's so punching. You know, this, <laughs> Deborah's, oh yeah, Deborah's like lovely and yeah you know, and funny and you know and there's just this this big. Useless Selfish heap of a man, you child know, man who's making it all about him. <laughs> as I say, he's, he's got some great one-liners. Um, as I, as I said when I said I was going through the bloopers, you know, he, he can come up with a different line every time. Once this is re- the actor, when not the character. The the, the, yeah. the actor, the yeah. rare Romano, um, which always catches the other ones out, and they all start corpsing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm not criticizing Ray Romano here. I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm criticizing Ray Barone. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. and I, I'm in full agreement with you. It, it, when when I've sort of like sat and rather let it just wash over me like I normally do, and found it amusing. When you actually sit, sit and think about the premise, mm. it's kind of you know. Yeah, I say it's just I don't know how you'd sell it to anybody. You know? Yeah, one of the reasons I struggled with this is because I really don't like Ray Barone. <laughs> I, now I know we've talked about bottom faulty towers, and so you've got these characters who are like dysfunctional. Yeah, but I do prefer a kind of like Adele boy type, where yeah. they um, or Frasier, who yeah, they of course they're they're quirky and and they're they're wrong a lot of the time, but the joke's really on them. The issue here is that I do, although we're not meant to, I think, think that Ray Barone is right mm. in in his expectations and his white male entitledness, yeah. um, 
but he never seems to get his comeuppance. And he just seems to get himself out of these situations by making a joke, including his wife will kind of come around again because he was funny. But, yeah. you know. No, no exactly. What maybe I'm mean. just jealous. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm, yeah, I'm jealous of him living with, with Deborah. It's like you say, you get these, these monsters, as I've mentioned before, your Faulties and your Rigsby's and that, and your vil- victim Eldros, but you end up rooting for them mm. because they don't always get the, you know, they, 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 they don't have it all, do they? They, they, they? No. They're always up against it. Well, that's it. Whereas he doesn't, he'd never seen, well, he's up against it in a minute way, you know what I mean? Um you know, he's, he's maybe she's nagging a bit, or you know, yeah, but he always he's always got the upper hand, doesn't he? Yeah, he but there's, to have the upper there's hand. an episode I watched. So his brother Robert and Deborah get into dancing together. He doesn't want to go dancing, and he sort of manipulates them together, and then he gets jealous of them, and yeah. then he, he he kind of he plays them off against each other, and basically. The, um, taps into their insecurities and, and makes her feel bad as though she's like holding Robert back and makes him go and, and so on. And then he gets found out. And it was quite funny, actually, when he was dancing yeah. away around that. But his comeuppance for that is Deborah just saying, well, you, you're going to have to masturbate for a few days now. <laughs> and she doesn't say that. No, no, yeah. It's because I don't write this show. <laughs> it's unfair. Yeah, it's just unfair that his, like, his punishment is a few days off sex. And, yeah. um, and everything will be all right again. Yeah. What I do like is the, and it could just be the series I was watching, is there's a lot of focus on, we haven't even talked about uh, Marie and Frank, we must talk about Oh, them. yeah, yeah. But the, the Barone's kids just do their... But they don't go anywhere. In later episodes, do they have storylines or anything? They just not really. Just no, this they, inconvenience they, in Ray's life. They just yeah, as you said, they, they, they have no real input into the yeah. into the program at all. If you really. compare it to Modern Family, where we had that oh, before, where because the, yeah. the kids are fully formed characters and and strong actors and actresses, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but here it's just like uh, well, it's just like a. Uh, uh, they're, they're not quite um, Monkey Harris and and the uh, only fools of characters that you never see, but they're yeah. not much more developed. They're, than that. they're just like show children, aren't they? They're just mm. like this is they're there just to prove that they've got kids, and, yeah. but there's no. I say it never goes anywhere, does it? So. Yeah. And, and they know. were real siblings, I believe. Yes, the yeah. twins. I think one of them's not with us. Yeah, unfortunately not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because in the pilot episode, you know, they're throwing food about, and he's under the table getting pelted with cookies, and you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they sort of make a real point of, you know, it's chaos in the house, you know. Mm. Um, but obviously, he's just coming from work, and Deborah's had it all day, mm. you know. So yeah. within five minutes, he's had enough, and he just bribes them all with cookies. Again, not a very likable yeah. <laughs> thing to do. No. But, um, you know, as you say, he's, he's, he's a funny character. He's got some great lines. But as you say, he's not the most sympathetic character. I no. think the, the bulk of the humour comes from um, mum, dad, brother. And, well, and like mum and Deborah's, yeah. um, because she's the dominant matriarch, mm. isn't she, mm. who, who's always criticising Deborah, mm. who thinks the world of Raymond. The, the, I understand what it is. The reason she prefers Raymond over Robert is because they had to get married because she got caught with Robert. Mm. Which probably <laughs> so she's this this thing who's a bit of an annoyance, I think. Mm. You know. But yeah, it's it's about how they all interact. Yeah, the ages is the other way around, isn't it? In the, between the actors and the characters. So Robert, the bigger brother, he's the big brother. Yeah, yeah. but I think he's I think Brad Garrett's younger, younger than Ray Romano. Yeah, he's an interesting character, Brad Garrett. But we'll come to that now. Yeah. 
Well, that's what I was going to say. Because so we've done a good few minutes of slagging off Ray. <laughs> um, we paid a little bit of attention to Deborah and the kids. Yeah. But the the other three main characters, mm. um, Robert, Marie, and Frank, I did like them. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, like we always say, uh, really good performers or what's actor. But yeah, really good actors and performers. And um, yeah, I love the interaction. The interactions, as I say, the way. Uh, Marie is, well, Marie dominates everybody, but there's only Frank, the old man, who he just talks to her like how he wants. Well, I mean, that's not, he doesn't speak to her very well either, does he? But I I think he's been worn down. (laughs) Yeah, but he's the one who will say say what he's thinking, whereas Mm. they all tiptoe around Marie, don't they? Mm -hmm. And she criticises how um, Deborah keeps the house and stuff like that, which Deborah sometimes twists on her, which is kind of good. I watched an episode, I I looked it up because... um, they won an award for it. Apparently, it's um, number forty-two in the list of a hundred great sitcom episodes. Oh, right. It's called Marie's Sculpture. I don't know if any. If don't know if you watched it, listener. I don't know if he watches Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> He's not. still on Big Bang Theory again. All oh, right. right. I quite like Big Bang. Well, the early Big Bang Theory, particularly. But um, yeah, she 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 takes up an art class, does Marie, and she makes this sculpture, which she believes is abstract, but it looks. Um, uncannily like a woman's <laughs> undercarriage, shall we say. <laughs> but she's almost like the only one who can't see it. <laughs> and um, it, it is a very, very amusing um, episode. But she, she's given it as a gift mm-hmm. to Deborah and and uh, Ray. But of course, they can't bear to look at it because <laughs> it's obvious what it is. So, she, But she catches Deborah covering it up with a bin liner so they don't have to look at it. And when she like, why on earth are you doing that? She said, oh, you know what, a t- uh, untidy house I keep. I don't want to get covered in dust like everything else. So she turned it nicely back on her uh, as an excuse. But uh, it's a very good episode. I would recommend anybody watch that. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, as you say, them three characters are really, really, really funny. And from interesting backgrounds, all three actors. Well, Frank, Peter Boyle. Yes. So I watched that and I was like, oh, that's the guy from the X-Files, right? And I was right, but how obscure of me to remember that because it was quite an early episode of the X Files. He really? was in one episode. Really, and you remembered that? Yeah, wow. I was like, "That's the guy from the X Files." Because I always he played a psychic who, um, um, yeah. He, he, in fact, it was quite a sad ending because he kept saying to um, this isn't funny, by the way. He said to Scully <laughs> that uh, he said, "I can see me and you in bed. We're going to end up in bed together." But what he actually meant is she found him when he'd taken his life and. Um, she ended up sitting on his bed, and then it sort of, ah. it sort of went away. So it was quite poignant. Yeah, that's um, how it unraveled. Yeah, <laughs> made a big impression on me. I mean, I was obviously, like, the guy just, from you, all you had was in bed together, and you stuck with it. No, okay. Well, we could be dead. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that bit. <laughs> Gillian Anderson. Well, that's another story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah Peter a, Boyle. I I always remember him from Young Frankenstein. Um, oh, right, okay. the monster. No, maybe. oh, was he the monster? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. I should have remembered that. Frankenstein. Oh, of course, and, yeah. Um, oh, wow. Sorry, that's just come to me then. I've seen that know. a few times. And yeah. Oh, he's great. He made his... Um, that was so much better than The X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not as sexy. Not se- Well, obviously not as sexy, no. Um, I think he made his name in a film called Joe in about 1970. Um, I think it was quite a violent film because he didn't he didn't want to make anything that we like that glamorized violence after that oh. apparently. So he turned that. This I'm taking this as red because I 
I certainly read it when I was doing a bit of research, that he turned down the lead role in The French Connection that Gene Hackman got for that what? very reason. So mm. whether it's true or not, I'm not sure. And the other nice bit of trivia about Peter Boyle is the best man at his wedding was John Lennon. No way. So there you go. That is, that is impressive. He married a woman who was... Uh, so there's more to him than just being that guy from the X-Files. Exactly. He married a woman who was a journalist for, the, for Rolling Stone magazine whose best friend was Yoko Ono. Hence, and it also. Mm. That's how it worked out. That's a good fact, that. It's a good fact. Fact bomb. Yes, I thought so. Because <laughs> you won't put Peter Boyle and John Lennon together necessarily. But no. There you go. A successful yeah, fact hunt. I found, him, I found the Frank Barone character very amusing. Yeah. He just kind of cuts through the shit, doesn't he? Not, mm. Rather than... He doesn't tiptoe around. <laughs> no. No, it, it's sort of that... I mean, okay, it's, it's a slightly cliche, cranky oh, old man, but he's, and he's it, but it is well played and it is well written. And he's he's like another um, bit Neanderthal, isn't he? Where's my sandwich? You know, where, yeah. you know, always after he's having his. But she kind of likes it. She likes being the nature, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, I saw an episode where she went on a cruise with Ray, and um, so Robert had to look after him, and um, yeah, he just kind of expected that somebody would wait on him hand and foot. Yeah, yeah. So he passed away, didn't he? Soon after the. Um, about, the series had ended about a year after I yeah. believe it I, I must be honest I did watch um, one of the last season episodes and he was looking mm. frail mm. frailer than he had done because he may he never looked yeah. <laughs> particularly old, though, I think he was only his early 70s he wasn't, he wasn't no he wasn't ancient no. no there we go warning to us all so yeah. uh, bring us back onto a lighter subject god Sorry. I keep talking about Peter Boyle dying <laughs> I'm obsessed with we it. We could talk about Doris Roberts. I mean, she's not with us anymore, but she made it to 90. That's so. impressive. Yes, it's Doris Roberts. So so what else will I know her from? Was she from the Golden Girls or something like that? She wasn't in the Golden Girls. Uh, she was in... Um, just a different old she, lady, John. <laughs> she was, um, again, from a good pedigree, Broadway star in the in the 50s. But she was very funny. And can't, she was almost like... I don't know. I would say that one of the main forces of the comedy... I think Doris Roberts is... is very, very funny in this. Very funny. It's like they said, because there was talk of like making a comeback with it, or vague talk of making a comeback. But as Brad Garrett said, he said, how can you do it without the parents? You know mm. what I mean? Because they are... Well, the way that they could have done it, and comedy. I believe that they did... I think they might have even made some pilot episodes, was for Robert and Amy yeah. um, living with her parents and her family because they'd been um, introduced to I mean, those actors are all dead now as well yeah, but, yeah. but they weren't then <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> they so haven't it was a always, goer. well they haven't the thing is they haven't always been dead no no there no, was a time before forever. that when they were like alive. A, alive yeah yeah and able to be animated without the kind yeah. of peter boyle reanimated young frankenstein <laughs> Which would have been an option. It would have I mean, been an actually, option. Yeah, you could have brought him back. Yeah, what's yeah. what's Brad Garrett talking like, about? He's going to be more like Carry On Screaming, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I know, but if you, like, he was famously reanimated corpse. He was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Might, yeah. Might the way things are these days. to the real family. Look at Abba. Holograms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Yoko Ono would have made of it, though. <laughs> She'd have just held like a banshee, like she does in all the records. So we mentioned Brad Garrett, yeah. uh, who plays Robin. <laughs> Can I say this? When I first watched it, I assumed he was meant to have like a learning disability. I mean, just because. Just of... <laughs> <laughs> and then he said he was a policeman. I was like, what? 
And um, then I realised he was just his voice. But he's great. What's this about being hatist? I, I remember I watched the Graham Norton and Greg Davis, Greg Davis was on and apparently him and Norton were at some BBC function and some woman came up to him from the BBC and said, I do disability at the BBC. Basically, in, in, he qualifies. What? Just because of his height, presumably. Height can be a disability. Well, apparently, yeah. He's got a parking space yeah. at Broadcasting House now. Oh, God. Well, but I mean, yeah. I'm 6'3", and it is a bit of a pain sitting on, like, an aeroplane, but I'm, it's not it's a about, disability. He's about 6'8", I think, Brad oh, Garrett, yeah. isn't he? He's a big lad. Yeah, but once you've reached a particular height, your head can't touch the, the height rest. So unless he's so tall yeah. that his head hits the kind of the light yeah. above you where you call it. I call it a disability. No. Yeah. We went off on a strange tangent. The world tangent needs to there. adapt to him, really. Anyway, so he, yeah. so he doesn't have a learning disability. No. He potentially has a height disability. But he, um, I like Robert. I mean, he's a bit wet behind the ears, and he's completely oppressed by his mother. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. It, it almost doesn't fit that he's a cop. No. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously the stuff yeah. he sees and Yeah, it does say he was bullied as a cop. But yeah, I suppose they made him a cop, as you say, if it's based on Rio Romano's brother yeah. but they'll have had an idea for the the character and it's like oh let's just make him a cop yeah yeah but it's just funny that his real brother's a cop as well but yeah it's, it doesn't quite fit with how he is you just mm. can't imagine him you know i mean <laughs> in the first series i found out i didn't realize this in the first series he'd, he'd recently divorced because his wife run, run, had run off with somebody he'd arrested <laughs> so, so i was stressing the fact what a loser he is you know Aww. um but no, he's, I mean, he's quite... I didn't realise his background, um, Brad Garrett. I mean, he, he won the American equivalent of, like, sort of BGT, I suppose, called Search for a Star. He won 100 grand oh, right. and won, won that. And then he went on to support people. Like Doing what? Stand-up. Oh, right. and, um, overcoming his hate disability. <laughs> yeah, um, he supported Sinatra, Sammy Davis, David Copperfield in Vegas. I mean, proper, proper you know, big mm. stuff. So, you know... Because you think, oh, just they've just got some funny-looking actor in, you know, to get laughs. But he's quite accomplished in his own right. Well, when I saw him, I was like, similar thing as I did with Peter Boyle. I was yeah. just like, that's the guy from Boardwalk Empire, the really scary one. And it turned out he's not. <laughs> this guy who just another tall Italian man. But I like the character of Robert because he occasionally... I mean, the whole there is that premise. It's a bit like we talked about Niles and Frasier, didn't we? And the yeah. kind of brother relationship here. Yeah. And this is very simplistic in the sense that, like, Robert's jealous of Ray because yeah. he, uh, as you said earlier, he's a sports journalist. And for some reason, that's incredibly revered in that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much more than being I mean, a cop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's obviously he's upset about being being a sports journalist. All right, but they really revere it in that show. Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, he's his uh, Raymond's his mum's favourite, and mm. you know for reasons, as I say, that apparently it was just down to her being caught <laughs> caught with Robert and having to get married quickly. Apparently, yeah. Um, when you think about it, there's quite a lot of like deep and dark stuff that's just that we don't get into on the show. Buried because, away, yeah. That kind of uh, resentment that Robert really sh- maybe shouldn't be somebody that goes around with a firearm. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's domestic say, life. It's not the most sophisticated. I mean, there's there's plenty of like holes in it. In the, <laughs> you know, it's not, the relationship's pretty simplistic. Yeah, it's not like this. I don't like it. It's not like this podcast. It's completely sounding watertight. Mm. This is. Yeah. 
But no, there's a really good dynamic between Robert and everybody, I thought, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's very good. He's very good. He's, uh, he's Brad Garrett. Again, he's got one of them. I couldn't tell you what I'd seen him in before, but it's a bit like Frazier's dad, John Mahoney. He seemed to be in loads of American stuff. They, mm-hmm. they just seem to crop up these familiar faces yeah. and all kinds of stuff. You might have discovered this, but I found something that fits with our ongoing thread. I found a, a nearly actress Friends connection. Not, oh, not, a, not a, a nearly actress friends connection. Oh, go on. Not, not a Peter Boyle almost French connection. Hey! <laughs> no, so so uh, Jane Sibbett, Ross's first ex-wife on Friends, was originally going to be cast as Deborah. Really? Mm. Well, 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 well. Yeah. But then uh, Ray Ramon wanted Patricia Heaton, and so... Uh, and she's very good. Jane found that out. She's, she's, she's very good, is uh, Patricia Heaton. Yeah. Um, when when they finished making um, Everybody Loves Raymond, I thought this. She went to work with Kelsey Grammer. He'd finished Frasier and she'd finished oh. that in a, a program. It's comedy called Back to You, which I think took place in a newsroom. Okay. And uh, but it's quite it was quite different because there was like a lot of swearing in it and stuff mm. like that. And it only lasted one season. But I, I thought they were going to be the dream ticket, mm. but it just didn't work out. Didn't work out that way. Yeah. I mean, she's gone to other stuff. She was in a comedy called The Middle and uh, she's the mum from The Middle yes yeah <laughs> how did I not pick did up did you hear that sound they of that were, penny dropping yeah listener? of course she's brilliant she's she's very very good oh right okay so I was incorrectly thinking that Brad Garrett was from a show that he's not mm. where I was staring at me the whole time was the woman Patricia from Patricia Heaton the, the show that I have seen many times so oh right okay yeah, and now she has... Um, oh, she's great. She's on the she, food she, her, right her husband's the janitor from Scrubs in that. Oh, Have right. you not watched it? I don't think I've ever oh, watched it. Oh, it's good. No. Yeah, it's I good. Because I'm a big fan of hers. I think it's a bit very, like, very and not just because it's got a similar name, it's a bit like Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the sense that it, it's kind of like a... You can watch it with your kids, but yeah. it's still funny. Yeah. So, oh, right, okay. Well, she, in my opinion, did go on to bigger things then. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. I like the characters in the middle... And it doesn't have Ray Barone in it. <laughs> as I say, she's in, on the Food Network now as well. Patricia Heaton parties, doing food and um, stuff like Wait that. Wait a minute. Home Patricia style. Heaton, the Patricia Heaton party. Oh, can I watch that all of the time? You do, you stupid bastard. So, yeah. There you uh, go. That's Patty Heaton sorted out. Yep. Bath, yeah. Must be as well, I think. <laughs> and there'll be more stupid bastardry coming up. <laughs> in the sitcom sit down round about now it's probably better than last time when I have vaguely accused you of abusing your own kids <laughs> stupid bastards pretty much you know shouldn't worry about that yeah you accuse me of abusing <laughs> my own kids <laughs> well not in so many words it just sounded like that I remember thinking that didn't sound right oh yes doing bottom yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not doing bottom. I mean, that does sound. Like watching. You see, you've bottom. got no, no chance, have you? Okay, Intr- that's why they called introducing it Introducing my child to bottom. That was yeah, the phrase. Probably, right? yeah, yeah, quite, quite. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. So, what does um, the show teach us about life? I don't know why it teaches. I think, us. I think it teaches us that if you've got a job that, if for some reason, is heralded as the best job, you can just well, treat anybody. Oh, don't want to be a sports journalist. Job. Well, Come I don't. On. No, maybe particularly. No, I kind of would. I mean, you get fr- into games free, wouldn't you? And he, he seems to play. He plays a lot of golf days, doesn't he? And things like that, which sounds yeah. all right. Well, but, golf, um, the game of selfish men. Well, that's true. Yeah, 
But I mean, there's, as you say, but when you actually sit and think about... I've just realised that uh, our listener plays golf. Not you, Dad. Not you. We didn't mean you. I meant other men. You, yeah. You can play golf all you want now because I'm no longer a child. Less needy. <laughs> so I think you were leading us somewhere. Sorry, no, I don't, I don't know if I was leading us anywhere because I don't know if I learned a lot from it really. But what, watching it more more as a more analysing it than let's call it analysing, uh, rather That's what than we do. rather than just enjoying it for what it is. You don't really learn a lot from it really. No. You just learn, as you say, that he's both well, Ray and Frank are both quite chauvinistic. Mm-hmm. Dinosaur types, really, you know. And to be fair, and, and I mean, Marie King seems to be like to be the homemaker and providing and nurturing and stuff like that. Yeah. Where, and I think to an extent, um, Deborah does, but she's uh, a bit more curmudgeonly about it because he just doesn't lift a finger. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. I, there was a little part of me when I first started watching it about like the whole thing where your mum does all of your washing and ironing and cooking for you. I thought that'd be nice. And then I watched a bit more and I was like, no, it really, really wouldn't. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. No. it's um, Yeah, the, yeah these, I don't think they'd, they'd still be together. I don't think she'd stick that for no. too long. It doesn't do enough to, you know, gain any brownie points for me. As you say, it's cracker funny and everything's all right again. Yeah. And that just doesn't seem right to Ray me. does some pretty horrific things, actually. Like, he, yeah, the way that he sort of manipulates his, his wife into... Wearing what he wants and, and stuff like that. I think there's one episode, I haven't seen it, I read this, that she sets fire to her head, but he, he goes out anywhere, just leaves us to deal with it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I need to stop slagging off um, Barone. Did it, make you said, Does it ever make you laugh, though? It did, it yeah. Did sorry, so I, I should have said yeah. that. Yeah. It took a few minutes and then it, I, it caught me laughing. And then. Like anything, once you get used to the characters. I think for me, because I didn't watch it originally, yeah. if I had have done, in the 90s, when yeah. this was kind of like on Vogue, and I was far less work than I am today. Back, back when I was, I don't know, when I was a chauvinist. <laughs> then, yeah, when I was a bit homophobic. And I, I would have laughed about the fact that one man calls another man gay, and he's not, and he gets all twitchy about it. Whereas now I just furrow my brow. But there, but there were bits that made me laugh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there is some, there is some funny stuff. Yeah, I, there was one line I won't spoil it because it's only been out twenty odd years. <laughs> um, but in that Marie sculpture, when she, when it, it dawns on her what it, the sculpture does look like, and I work, the lad go look it up yourself. But there's a line in it. I must be honest, I frightened the family <laughs> when I laugh because it's very rarely I laugh out loud. <laughs> but that really did make me laugh. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, basically, it's a stand-up comic playing himself, surrounded by good actors, in a way. So, if there were a deleted scene from Everybody Loves Raymond, I would like to see a scene where Ray acts like a tool. Mm. He is a sports journalist. He makes a <laughs> funny joke, and nobody laughs. Yeah. And then they they sit him down and they go, "Look, Ray. Yeah. We're not giving up on you. Yeah." but we, we need more from you yeah. and you need to change and you need to learn and you're a role model for your sons Yeah. and you need to be a better role model. You need to be a better dad. You need to be a better husband. And we do love you. We're not saying we don't love you, but you're yeah. not easy to live with. Yeah. Just go. And then he goes away and, and thinks about that and he comes back and he says, you know what? You're right. I'm really going to try to be a better man. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. But in the meantime, while he's away, 
Robert and Deborah have been getting it on. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. One line of your way out of this. But he shame. finds out on his deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And he just gets his comeuppance, that sense. Yeah, yeah. Before you go. And, and as he's dying, he goes, why have my kids never come to visit me? And it's just because he never showed any interest with them. Because they're not your fucking kids. <laughs> Who's laughing now, sucker? And then he, he then he thinks of a really good one-liner to kind of turn it around, but then he chokes. Halfway through it, yeah, yeah he, he just, just expires. Like, he goes, "Ah, oh, well, the thing is, yeah, that's it. That's it." And then nobody attends his funeral. <laughs> Turns out nobody loves Raymond. <laughs> and as Robert says in one of, I think it's one of the last episodes, he says. For the size of that, the size of that nose, it'll be a, it'll be an open casket. <laughs> yeah, and that was nice to end on a nice visual gag. Nice visual gag. <laughs> and, uh, just and, his bugle sticking out. Yeah, and then it's and then it's just slow. Two minutes of credits with no music. Yeah, just yeah, just seem lowered into the ground with no mourners. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> Oh, good, it's Frasier next. God, why have we never been hired? I don't to know. Work, I, to, I, to, I can't wait up, mate. To work on these shows. I can't wait up. <laughs> you go on Letterman. That's how you get your break. Yeah. You're not going to be going on Look North, John. I know. Getting it all Peter wrong. Peter Levy. Now they use the fucking ornament. So that was the sitcom Sit Down Does Everybody Loves Raymond. So I feel like I've been really, really harsh. Um, you're right, it made me laugh. It ran for nine years. Um, the lead actor seems like a really nice guy yeah. and became the most highly paid per episode. Um, yeah, must have been doing something right. Time, so, mm. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe it's me that's changed. Maybe, so. as I say, until I, I, we did this, I never, I hadn't given it that much thought. I've kind of enjoyed it, watching it in the morning. Um, but it's made me think again about it. Mm. I'll be honest with you. That's the good thing about this podcast, yeah. is it ruins your enjoyment of sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other one, I'm putting a fucking big line through when I get on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, please do join us again while we ruin another piece of entertainment that you used to love. I've been John. And so have I. Thanks for listening. God bless you.